0: Welcome into a brand new episode of Rip and Rock, episode 17. We're talking a lot about the O's All-Star Closer and his injury. What's going on with that? A timetable or lack thereof? Felix Bautista on the 15-day injured list. So the O's bring up D.L. Hall. What that means for this team going forward. Can they still get to the World Series, win the American League? It's a wait-and-see kind of thing. Uh, Our thoughts on that. We're also going to talk about, if Yenny or Cano, another all-star can be the team's long-term solution at closer. If Batista does miss the, the rest of the season, if he misses an extended, extended period of time. Um, the buzz at Camden Yards, and by buzz, I mean buzz. It's quite literal what I'm talking about. There was a buzz taken oh, care of, I hope. If it's not taken care of, I may never return to the yard in my life because you know how I, how I am with bees. You know, that's neither here nor there. Hey,
1: everyone, if you haven't seen the GIF, check out my uh, I profile. think everyone's seen
0: the GIF. You post it like at least once a day, guy.
1: When Rocco tells me not to post the GIF, you just- A GIF? Is it a GIF
0: or a GIF? It's
1: a GIF. GIF. Is it a GIF or a GIF? It's a
0: GIF. I think it's a GIF.
1: I've heard GIF, but I've heard GIF. I, I think it's GIF. a GIF.
0: Because peanut butter, Jif, spelled with a J. It's, you
1: know what? It's a It's GIF. like it's like Pam, pan,
0: pan, pan. The pan. pan I think pam I can situation. help with the pan, pan lady. No, we got to he say so he goes, "Hello, Miss Lady." Yeah, <laughs> that's what he says.
1: But then he goes, "Hello, Miss Lady." I, I can help with the whole pan, pan hey, hello, situation. Miss lady. Oh, it's silent.
0: Perfect. Oh, it's silent. Like Pam. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: think we could pull that off, man. Oh, it'd be great. We, 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 we got to get more into our, our artistic or our comedic sides. We are big movie people. We need to have an episode just going into some of our favorite movies or comedies or, or movie quotes, I should say. We'll say that for a different time.
0: As we get off topic, of once course. again, because that's the theme of this podcast, the series finale against the Rockies. The O's do drop the series finale. They do win the series, though. They could have picked up that sweep. How Jack Flaherty's doing. He missed his last scheduled start. Makes this one on Sunday. What our expectations are for Flaherty going forward. If they've changed. If they haven't. If he can still be the guy. The guy. For this ball club going forward. Rips tips. Makes returns. Still don't know what that means. Still don't know what it is. Won't know until you say it. Never do. Never will. That That is correct. Okay. Just thought you might wanted to add something there. Nope. Uh. The race for AL Rookie of the Year, like Vince Carter said, after he won the dunk contest, it's over. It's over, ladies and gentlemen. It is over. It's not technically, not literally, but it's over. Gunnar Henderson's a lock. lock. How he did it. Discuss that as well. Whip around the American League. What the rest of the AL is looking like. Who the O's have to maybe not necessarily be worried about, but keep on their radar. Going forward, they're not. They're going to take it one series at a time. But Birdland, who you can keep on your radar as far as teams competing with the Orioles uh, for that AL title. Rip and Rock mailbag. It's open. We did it again. This time you made me tweet it out. You do have more followers on Twitter. but Oops. So when I, when I put something out, it's not going to get as much burn. But you told me to do it, so I did it. We've got some good questions, good answers coming for you as well. We're going to preview the series with the Chicago White Sox. There's a guy on that team that... You're very familiar with your playing days, so that's pretty cool, but I don't think O's fans are going to, you know, they might care about it, but yeah, he's, he's the what? enemy. He's no, the enemy coming into town what? for this we team. No, I'm ba- just kidding. Baltimore I guy coming kidding. back. I'm kidding. I'm no, kidding, you're not. people. Yes, no, you're not. I am.
1: Yeah, but I'll tell you what, people are still going to root for their teams. I, of course, you. that's
0: what I mean. There you go. I'm just kidding. He's you're, not the enemy, people. You're a
1: good kid. Let's.
0: You're a good kid. Let's jump into it, though. It's, I mean, you could hear a pin drop at Camden Yards. I wasn't there for this one, but just watching on TV, being here at the station and seeing it, I let out an "Oh no!" when Felix Bautista threw that 102-mile-per-hour pitch for a ball, one out away, one strike away from ending the game, and then he stops. And then McCann comes out to the mound to visit Felix, and then Brandon Hyde and the rest of the staff kind of come out to the mound to visit Felix. And when a guy doesn't throw a practice pitch, exits a game, you immediately think the worst. You hope for the best, you expect the worst. And I think that's really, truly how all of Birdland feels right now. So what happened with Felix after that, Danny Coulomb came in, closed out the game, got that final out, but everyone's thinking about Felix in that situation. You can celebrate the win, but immediately when your all-star closer goes down, one of the best, if not the best closer in all of baseball, having a phenomenal season, when he goes out, he's, I mean, to me, he's been the the team MVP this season. What, what he's done, his ability to close out games and what he means to the ball club. When, when a guy like that goes down, you immediately not only hold your breath, but you just hope. Just hope that, It's not going to be anything serious. But when Mike Elias has that press conference the next day, wasn't originally scheduled, I don't believe, and he comes out and says, hey, we're placing Felix on the 15-day IL with a right UCL injury. UCL, immediately you do think the worst. As a baseball player, what goes through your head? I don't know if you've had a UCL injury, but when a teammate, when someone you know, when you hear UCL, what jumps out to you, Rip? Because that's—it could be something where he misses a few weeks. Could be something where he's out until 2025, and that's when he comes back. We we truly really don't know what goes through your head, man.
1: I mean, um, I haven't had a UCL injury personally, or that I know of. I haven't gotten an MRI there, but but when you think UCL, you think Tommy John. You you think long longer term injury, not a short term. Um, stint on the injured list, and I, you know, I talked about this the night it happened. And you know, look, I, I don't like to, I try to be realistic with people, and not this isn't trying to be a downer episode or anything like that. It's just the reality is being around baseball and seeing moments like that. I first was when I saw the video, and I told you, I, I was hoping it was something. You know, body-related, mm-hmm. maybe oblique, maybe a knee. A lot of people did think it was knee
0: because of the way he turned off the mound.
1: Right. Yeah. And so that's your first hope. And then when the report comes out that it's arm discomfort and they don't give you a specification the night of, you know, to, for me, it's going UCL. And the other thing is the fact that you are not going to – um, um, well, sorry, where, where I was going with this is you don't throw a warm-up pitch He's trying to feel out his hand, and so like the combination of that when he's trying to get like a I don't want to say it's a uh, a tingling sensation, but it kind of is where it's 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 a it's a reaction. You know, I, I'm not doing a great job of respond or of of uh, describing that, but uh, that we're, we're not doctors though, right? Like, people no, gotta realize no, but, that. But, yeah. So like when you <laughs> haven't gone through it, but I know with guys when they've talked about when they've had an injury, they say it's not necessarily that they always feel maybe a sharp pain, but it's a sensation, right? And that's what it looked like with Batista. And then just as soon as Hyde said, we're not going to discuss anything, they knew the moment it happened. They know exactly where he stands. Now you hope with the UCL that you could avoid surgery, but more cases than not, and especially the success rate of Tommy John, that's where people go to. And the fact that Elias, when he came out and said to the press conference and said, We don't have a timetable. For me, you have to prepare he's done for the year. And I think he's done for the year.
0: Do you think how hard he throws affects how long he might be out? It might be a stupid question, but a guy that's throwing 102-103, basically using all of the strength in his arm possible, do, do you think that has any effect of how long he might be out? Because Elias did say in that press conference, he was like, he said something along the lines of, you know, you can basically Google and see Not necessarily a timetable, but we've all WebMD'd our injuries, our symptoms, Birdland's doing that right now. They're looking up everything. I'm sure people were lined up at the hospital asking if they could, uh, you know, if there were elbow transplants they could give to this guy, because that's how passionate this fan base is. But in all seriousness, it says, and I don't, you know, I'm not a doctor. I don't know much about this stuff, obviously. I work in TV. But... First thing that pops up, UCL injury baseball timeline on Google. Like Elias kind of said to, to look up, if your injury is mild enough that you don't need surgery, you can make a full recovery within a few weeks. For some, it could take as long as two months. If you do require surgery to fix your damaged ligament, it routinely takes at least nine months to heal and regain the strength and stability in your arm. So you talk about that, nine months, then you talk about getting back to throwing, getting back on the field. And that's from Mass General Brigham. So I don't know how reliable of a source that is. Could be, couldn't be, but that is the first thing that popped up on Google. So we're just going to go with that right now.
1: And and like that, that's the thing, right? It's that there's so many different outcomes, but typically from what we've seen, this is probably the biggest thing you asked a question about for his velocity, the, if hypothetically Felix can come back. And again, I don't see it. I want to be wrong up up front, everyone. I want to be wrong. I mean, like, yeah, we don't want to see the guy miss the miss the rest of yeah, the season. Like I, I we love, definitely want to come back. I love the guy. I love what yeah. he does, and 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 just I feel for him because this is he's been such an integral part. He deserves to be a part of the moment. Yeah. Having said that, he throws one hundred and two. Right. If he can't go out there and be the Felix Batista that he was before the injury. I don't think it's worth it even if your team is chasing down a championship. If there's a chance, oh, can Felix come back, but you're risking his long-term health? Yeah, you don't want to do that. I don't think that's even a question. So for him to come back, there has to be almost the lowest possible way of him re-injuring that ligament, if that's the case. But to be honest, I just feel like for the Orioles, regardless of it, you have to plan that he is not coming back. You have to then look at your roster and who's coming up. They brought DL Hall up and we're going to talk about that. You have to start planning for life without Felix Batista, just like we talked about in the in uh, spring training when Givens and mm-hmm. Tate were hurt to start the year. And we talked about it. You hope you can get them back. I said Givens was more optimistic than Tate because Tate had forearm issues. And that's the same thing. When yeah. your forearm still kind of tied in, forearm UCL area, you get nervous. But hearing that, I'm going, well, that's an uphill battle to have. So keep that in mind for fans. The reality is, just like with everything, you cannot expect that Felix is going to be back. And for the Orioles, you really have to think about who is going to be in line. And, and that's gonna t- it's going to be a question. What are the Orioles going to do with, with their closer situation, which I'm probably sure everyone has an opinion about. And it might not be as simple as, per se, one guy. Yeah, and right now it looks like they
0: are trying out that one guy situation and it's been Cano. Cano goes out and he gets credited for a save two games ago. Well, I, well yes, I, my, my days are so confused, man. So the second game of the series against the Rockies, that 5-4 win, he gets credited for the save. Today Sunday, so that was Saturday. Sunday he goes out and he ends up getting credited for a loss because of what happened in the top of the ninth. Mm-hmm. So, Cano, I mean the guy's an all star, but right now to me, he's not having the season he was having confidence wise before that all star break because he was he was mowing dudes down and staring them down. And just like you could see that swagger, and I'm not going to say that's gone away completely, but I, I have confidence that he could be the guy if relied upon. I, you know, all-star form this season, he, he's been there, he's done that, but I really think we're going to see the O's go to potential closer by committee. Yep. Would you agree? Would you disagree?
1: I, I do. I think I think Cano will probably get the majority of reps, but I think they're going to play matchups. and. When that's like seeing Danny Coulomb coming in situations who's a guy that they've relied on. Uh, I think that just Cano, because of the late innings, they're probably gonna use him, but it's one guy because Felix Batista, his one role was one run games, tie game, or closing situations. You knew he was coming in. The Orioles can't expect someone like Cano to then just automatically jump in because that hasn't been his role. Yes, he can close games. That that's no doubt but I just want to paint this a picture right now. Cano has the most appearances on the Orioles this year. He's got the most innings out of the bullpen this year. He's got 63 innings on the season right now. And the only reason I'm trying to bring that up to everybody, this is his first year in the big leagues a full season. He had 10 uh, games pitched between the twins or sorry, with the twins in 2022 and 13 or and three, sorry, with the Orioles. So 13 total. And so, if you go and look at his stats, yes, he's obviously pitched more in the minor leagues. That's not what I'm saying. But if we're going to go off the context, and it's interesting, Danny Coulomb was another guy that didn't pitch much last year in the big leagues, and and just again, it's it's the the moments change. But here's in the example, last year, Yunier Cano in the big leagues, and I'll have this. I'm going to have his minor league stats to give context. He pitched 18 total innings. Okay minor leagues last year. He pitched 40 innings. So he had pitched 58 innings for the entire season last year. And here we are, not before September, and Yunir Kano has already surpassed his innings limit for the last year plus. And his max that he had back in 2021 was 69 and two thirds. So we're getting close to how much he's actually dealt with. And so that's why I look at it more of, it's a tough ask for somebody who hasn't been built up to do this type of role. And it's another thing when Fatigue, you said it hasn't seen the same Cano, he is probably getting tired just because of this has been an unbelievable season because it's been so unbelievable. He's been asked to do more than he's ever done. And that's going to bring on that tired arm. So, yeah, to save himself, you hope that the Orioles will probably use some more options. Like I
0: said, he hasn't been bad. His ERA is
1: up. He was 148
0: before the All-Star game, 177 after the All Star game. Record before was one and one. Record now's 0 and 2. Just looking at the pre All Star game, post all star game splits and what we're looking at. And the batting average, his pre All Star game batting average against was 212. Now it's 244. It's not, it's not terrible, but there there has been an increase in his stats in in a negative way but i still think i don't think this guy's even close to being a lost cause like
1: oh no, no there's, could, there's no lost cause no no not that Nothing, wasn't that more, wasn't what i was
0: getting at yeah. i hope people listening don't think that either like i'm just saying like statistically his his numbers have gone up
1: Everyone thinks it's... Gone wh- down, you know, yeah. Gone down is what I mean. They, they, they haven't been as as sharp as they were. Yes, that's, that's and, exactly and what I still, to And also still, the expectation rose because when you become so elite for a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. everyone thinks you're going to just maintain it, right? Yeah. And that, and that makes sense because... Yeah, he, was, he was unbelievable right? before and, the All-Star break. Like, unreal. And so he's sitting there and that's when people were saying about like, well, could Cano be the star or closer over Batista, which don't get me going on that again. <laughs> but the, the Cano that's you, you saw what his best looks like so then that that's what you come to expect the reality is it's hard to maintain that i think just the biggest concern is the innings part and it's interesting tyler wells now is down and coming in the bullpen role who does have some closing experience and i'm not saying it's going to be him there's another guy that i hope who there's one guy on the staff that actually has the stuff to be a dominant closer but i don't know if his Men- mental approach is there yet and mindset but there's one guy on the team and I know you know who I'm talking about It's your guy. It's my guy. It's Fuji. It's Fuji. You're
0: you're you're like the biggest Fuji stan I know.
1: Yeah, and so and I'm not saying he's ready to be a closer by any means. He's not. And I believe it's a committee approach. Tyler Wells will have the experience when he comes up, he's going to come out of the pen. But man There's one guy left in this bullpen that has similar stuff to to Batista that is wipe out. And if you needed an example of this, go watch the Mets' almost immaculate inning and go watch him strike out Bo Bichette, Brandon Belt, and Vlad Guerrero Jr. Two of those three players, Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette, are two of the best hitters in all of baseball. And Brandon Belt is still a very, very solid veteran player. So my point is, No one else can offer that on the Orioles staff right now. Let me ask you this.
0: I want to put you on the spot for Mm -hmm. a question. If you had to pick one player in that bullpen going forward, we're hypothetically going to say Felix Bautista's done for the year. If that is the case, one guy to be the closer, to be the consistent closer week in, week out, day in, day out, who would that be for you and why? If it's right
1: now, it's, I mean, I'm going to have to give you two names if it was right now. Got to give me one. I know. Well, this is the point I'm going to try to make. If Wells gets called up, I, I probably would feel comfortable putting Wells in that and having Cano be the setup guy still. Okay.
0: But he's he's still down in the minors right now as we speak. As of, as of this
1: day, it? yeah. it's going to be Cano. But in a month, if the guy, if Fuji does what I think he's capable of, he can take over. Okay. So that's where I stand. It's Cano right now is gonna get the first crack. But if Fuji becomes dominant and more dominant high leverage, which I really I again, you guys, I, I will live and die by the sword with Fuji. Hey,
0: I respect it though.
1: I, I do. I but, do because you're
0: consistent with it.
1: And, and and I and and if I'm wrong, so what? But I think in a month's time, that could be the guy that ends up closing out games for the Orioles because that's the type of stuff that can completely just shut down a team. It's not stuff for him as we've seen. It's just can he mentally put it finally all together?
0: No, absolutely. And that's what fans are wondering too. Can, can he be the guy to help the team out? Like he he's had kind of a rocky road in his career, even with the Orioles. But if he smooths it out, think of like those potholes you drive over all the time. Like mm-hmm. once that road smooths out, it's so much better. And for Fuji, kind of that analogy, same thing. I mean, it'll be it'll be great for the guy because he does has have the stuff. I feel like his confidence just needs to continue to grow. I don't know if that's something that you know, you can develop over. I, I do believe it's something you can develop over time because you see, just in normal life, you see shy people sometimes come out of their shell, talk to people more. It's like you get that swagger to you. And I feel like Fuji on the mound, he needs that as well. And I, I think the Orioles, their, their staff, their pen... Is gonna is gonna help him along the way. And
1: can I say one thing Absolutely. to go with Fuji real quick? Absolutely. And this is why that that outing against Houston, where people were looking at that, was the last glaring one. Yes, we know he hit people against Toronto before that. This was before this circumstance. Fuji's as far as control was really off. Twenty eight pitches, only fourteen were strikes. You can do the math there. That's half. The next outing was Seattle. Got through it, but since he then went to San Diego, and yes, after this outing, he went. 11 pitches, he gave up two runs, I get it, but this is where it gets very interesting. 11 of pitches, eight strikes. Against Oakland, 16 pitches, 12 strikes. 16 pitches, 10 strikes, Sixteen nine, which was, you know, he was wildly effective, but again, when you have the wipeout stuff, he was trying to go after Bichette, Guerrero Jr. and whatnot, that happens. And this last outing, 16 strikes on 23 pitches. My point, and also over his last four innings of work, four innings, two hits, zero walks, and six punch-outs. Punchies. Punchies. So my point, if we're going to hold on to recency bias here, and I know you can say that the the Oakland game wasn't high leverage. Toronto, it was was a little bit more relaxed, obviously, not not as high leverage. Colorado, the O's had to come back in that game, thanks to Gunnar Henderson, who we'll talk about. But four innings, six Ks, no walks. Fuji can, if the Orioles are going to go far, I'm going to live in down the sword. Always go far. Fuji's going to be a big reason why in the bullpen. Okay. You heard it here first.
0: Dude, there was a buzz at Camden Yards today. I mean, the stadium was quite literally buzzing. First inning. Game got delayed. People are like, what's going on? Bees. Your worst nightmare. My literal worst nightmare. I would have been out of there so fast. You wouldn't like, I wouldn't have been back. Until that got cleared up, I would have been gone. Bees. Bees. Honeybees. I don't care if they sting, they don't sting. If they're yellow with black stripes on the body, or they have a stinger, they fly around and look like that, I'm out. Gone. What a wild delay, though. I mean, we've seen it happen before in baseball and in other, you know, I had in to other read sports. That. I
1: had to read that twice. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't understand. I thought a delay initially. I didn't think it was about the game. I thought it was something else. But you know, shirts and pants. Something is that. So if we're gonna label up there, there's a fear for you. Like people are afraid of. I mean, physically getting stung. I don't want that either. Like I would run away too. Yeah. But is there another? Is there another creature situation where you're like, nope, I'm not having it. Not a big fan of spiders. I just don't like
0: bugs in general. I'm not like a big. Like nature guy, like I'll go on hikes. Yeah, I've you don't like before, nature very much. But like, if there are like bugs in the tent or something like that, like I get like really like skeeved out, and I'm not a fan. Yeah, you're not but a nature guy. As far as like actual fears go, yeah, thanks, <laughs> nature boy Rick Flair. Woo, <laughs> <laughs> woo. Yeah, two claps and a Rick Flair. Woo. Um, but bees are at the top of my list. It's bees and needles. But I've had to get. Blood work done over the last couple of years. I'm okay, but had two ER trips. So like I'm kind of like used to needles now. I still like hate them. I'll always ask the doctor or the nurse like if I can have the butterfly needle. Well, I used to do that. Now I'm just like, all right, I turn my head, clench my fist, and like whatever it is, what it is. Heights, another one. But like bees, I'll tell you this. I was, I'm so afraid of bees. And everyone out there might call me crazy or laugh at me but maybe you can relate. I would have to cut the grass when I was in high school or college. I think it was like early college years when I was at community college living at home. And my dad would go to work. He'd be like, all right, cut the grass. That's, that's your job. You got to do that. And I'm like, all right, cut the front lawn, cut the back. And uh, it would be like 95 degree heat. And I would cut it in a hoodie with my hoodie up sweatpants and like my sweatpants tucked into my socks because I didn't want to get stung by like a mud wasp or a bee, man. And if you would have watched me in the backyard cutting the grass, I would sprint with that thing with that lawnmower across because I was like, if a bee comes and tries to sting me, I am out. And like, <laughs> that's where the fear of bees, man. And it's well, not be, like... Okay.
1: I'm, I'm with you. No, I don't like getting stung by bees either. Uh, I don't think anyone actually likes it. If you are, I'm curious. Let us know. Yeah. I will say this. I'm not a fan of snakes. That's like, I, I, I'm not fair. I don't have the desire to own a pet snake. I don't really uh, like it. Don't get ideas here. Um, I got a I got a golden retriever at home. I got, I love my, my dogs, my pups, but, but you know what? I will say bug bites in general are really annoying, especially like late at night. I go and sit outside my house. We're going to get back to baseball here in a second, but you sit outside and you just get bit left and right. Yeah, and you're like, I'm just I want to enjoy a nice drink on on my porch, and and whammy, I got thirty eight bug bites. Dude, yeah, those. Well, th- that's
0: like not fear, but it's it, that fear that stinks because. Sorry, that, that I went from no, no, I went no. From, that's cool. That's cool.
1: What I thought about when you were talking about you know mowing the lawn and putting yeah, okay.
0: No, it's the it's, it no, that's the worst though because you got to wear sweatpants outside when like you're getting bit up or like we're like shoes as well when you're out on your back patio or something like that. That actually happened to me and I still get made fun of for this day. Um my friends think I'm what what's the is it's the word hypochondriac, the one that like creates the uh let me, let, me, let me it's
1: more I think you you worry about more things that happen with you.
0: It's a hypochondriac. Um abnormally anxious about their health. Well, that yeah, that yeah. is me because like yep. I'm People think I exaggerate too much. My friends especially, mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh, here we go with Rocco again. You know what happened to me on my birthday? Like having to go to the ER. Nuts. That wasn't fun." Everyone thought I was like not faking it, but they're like he's being, you know, very dramatic. But when I went, I was in my backyard, got bit up. Like it looked like I I stepped in an anthill and I had bug bites all up and down my feet because I think I was like barefoot in the backyard in the grass. And um, we we had gone to Ocean City, Maryland the next day, and a bunch of my friends. And my foot got so swollen that I thought <laughs> that I thought it was gonna have to get like cut off. And to this day, I still hear about it from my buddies because they're like, "Remember when you went to urgent care and you like had to miss out on like going out because like you were you thought like your foot was gonna fall off?" I'm like, "Yeah, I do, but that's just me." So three <laughs> three biggest fears. Bees, number one. Needles, number two. Heights, number three.
1: Yeah, I don't have my exact number there, but um, I don't like snakes. Snakes, Heights have gotten worse. Um, Come on. And a person that kills my vibe.
0: I thought you were going to a completely different place with that. Just like, kidding.
1: I, <laughs> okay, I was like, "It's my worst oh. fear." No, no, I had to think of the other fear. But you know what we're doing? What we, what we forgot to do is talk about that. The delay in the game today. The Orioles still still played baseball today, yes. or as we record this podcast, they did win the series. Also, by the way, which with everything going on with the injuries, with the bees, with Rocco being rock. The Orioles still won the series two of three. They almost came back and got the series sweep today. Ryan O'Hearn pinch hit, um, homer, big ball, two run bomb, and uh, you know just that's the way the cookie crumbles. It's kind of funny and ironic, not ironic, but the Rockies. I think I saw a stat. They said they were leading in the sixth runner, sixth runner later in their prior six games and lost all six games.
0: Yeah, and it's like, but with the. With the O's, with leading, trailing, like, this team's never out of anything. No, I mean, they're down two, they're down three, they're down seven. It it doesn't matter with this ball club. And when they were down two in the eighth, like, were they ever out of the game? Absolutely not. Even if it's in the ninth. No, you got that O'Hearn pinch hit home run in the eighth that tied the game. They did end up losing, however, but it just shows you the fight of this team and what they're capable of. And hopefully they can carry that into the postseason. And that, that never goes away the no. rest of the season because that's something of value for a ball club. And that's not something that a lot of teams in the league really truly have all the time. Like you look at the good teams, they do. They can they can come back and potentially win like any game they want to at times. But but for the O's to be one of those teams, that's big for them. So
1: Oh yeah. And and the other thing I'll say with this. I actually talked about this on the radio on on 105 earlier with Glenn and Rita. It was the Orioles losing Batista Hurts. Just obviously we know that. And because all the close games, you felt like you're winning. But I tell you what, winning those games then, each one, and this is the big thanks to Batista, your team believes the confidence grows. That doesn't matter anymore after a while. I mean, the Orioles have 24 one run wins this year. That's the best in the American League. Forty comeback wins, second best in all of baseball. So, and so our point is, even though you lose, guys, once you believe you can do it once and twice, and then again and again and again, now all of a sudden it doesn't really matter what's happened with your team. You're just so locked in on the moment, going. We've been here before. Why, you know, we're going to do it again. The guy who pitched the series finale,
0: Jack Flaherty, acquired by the O's at the trade deadline. He missed his last scheduled start due to what is being called general soreness. Happens, I'm sure. He goes five and two thirds, three earned on seven hits, a walk, three strikeouts, and a homer. He seemed like kind of down on himself in the locker room or clubhouse, sorry, clubhouse in baseball, not a locker room, but you knew what I meant, but I don't think he had a bad outing. And he even said like his stuff was decent. He had decent stuff today. There were just a few pitches where he kind of let get away or didn't locate the right way. So 84 pitches, he, he doesn't get credited for the loss because he, he did keep the O's in the game. But, and then O'Hearn
1: hit the home run. Yeah, and, and then O'Hearn hits the home run. So Cano
0: gets credited yeah. for the loss. But I think Flaherty fans might expect him to be better than he was today. I don't think he had a bad outing by any means, but I don't think this is a guy who's going to throw go out and throw a complete gem every single game for you. He could. I think he's capable of that, but I don't know right now if we're going to we're going to see that. Gem after gem after gem, like fans might have expected at the deadline. But I think he's going to be a great arm for the rotation, uh, continuing to go forward.
1: Yeah, and I think that people, there's some fans. I can I, being on social media frustrated that he's sitting out. They're like, well, we, you know, his toughness. You know, why isn't he doing more? Nah. It's like, we don't know the situation. No, we don't. And that's not fair. But what I will say is, is that you need him. You need him in the rotation, you do. and you can say what you want, and you could say that he his mood doesn't fit the team. If we gave we the the amount of heat that Flaherty's getting is like how people treated Dean Kramer to start the year, and I was gonna
0: say like they both have the Cali vibes, just like very like relaxed, very chill, and that's that's how Dean Kramer is. That's how Jack Flaherty is. They're just very like chill guys, and they might not always wear their hearts on their sleeve when it comes to their emotions.
1: Yeah, and, well, then also people in general too were quick to jump on Dean. And then now everyone's like, oh wow, like Dean pitched well. It, they go back and forth with Dean, which I don't think's fair. And I think Dean's been unbelievable after the month of April. Mm-hmm. with Jack Flaherty, I want to read something real quick. Since July 1st, this was uh his before he came to the Orioles from the Cardinals. These had a variety of starts. Now he's had four starts with the Orioles and he's had uh this is in his last nine starts. I want to read you some lines real quickly here. Okay. So it's documented Rockies, Padres, Astros, Blue Jays. He's given up three runs, seven runs, three runs, one run. So three of the four games give this team a chance to win, right? Let's go back to the five starts before he came to Baltimore. Let's go back. Diamondbacks, five innings, three earned. Cubs, six innings, four earned. Nationals, six innings, three earned. Miami Marlins, six and two thirds, no earned. New York Yankees, six six innings, zero earned. So you're hearing this right now. If you want to look at his starts, he has given the Orioles, or not the Orioles, he has actually put together a string of pretty consistent starts. And it might look because of his ERA of going, well, man, what is going on? Yeah,
0: that's that's what pops out on the screen when you're looking at it. But, but, his,
1: but his last nine starts, yeah, he had one game where he gave up four earned runs, which he, get, he went six. I'm still saying that gives you a chance. The Padres one's really the only outlier. Every other start has been three or below. So yeah. my point, Flaherty needs to be healthy, and, and quite frankly, he needs to help be healthy to help this rotation, but he's fully capable. I just think it's always recency bias with Flaherty, and today's an example. You're coming off. People are frustrated. The Orioles lose a game against a bad team. But they won the series. <laughs> and so it's just we want to find kind of a blame guy with it. Give it time. Now, if he's not good for the rest of the year, Rightfully so, you can make your point. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I completely agree with that. He's, I mean, yeah, you look at his August starts all with Baltimore because that's after they acquired him. He had made four starts in the month of August. One and two record, 6.41 ERA. In July with St. Louis, he went 3-1 and with a 3.03 ERA. So his ERA is up. It's in the sixes, which isn't great to look at. Like, as, as a fan, as someone who enjoys the game of baseball, when you see a six ERA in a month, you're like, all right, what's this guy doing? But I do think Flaherty can get it together. I don't think he's been terrible, aside from the, the one outing he had where he really got beat up. I mean, that, that, that was rough, the one against San Diego when he gave up seven earns. And that inflates stats too. Exactly. And that was, that was the tough one. But let's give the guy a chance. Let's see what he does for the team going forward. And like you said, if he ends up stinking it up, his last like four, however many starts he's going to make in a row and he's terrible
1: in the postseason. Fair. Say what you want. Yeah, players are honest, too. Like I was a guy, if I I sucked, I sucked. You know what? But for me and watching Flaherty personally, this isn't a guy that I think stinks. I don't, don't think he does either. I think I think I personally think Flaherty is actually going to be really good. And the same people that were doubting Dean Kramer are probably the same people that are doubting Jack Flaherty. Could be. And I think that Jack Flaherty is going to have a great month of September. But my biggest concern for him is you need him to be healthy. Because if he's yeah. not healthy, then it leads into the frustration of saying, "Well, man, this was a guy we were counting on because we traded for him. And if we don't have use to him, it's a part of the game. But that becomes disappointing." Not his outing so far. Three or four games, he's given his team a chance to win. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary
0: Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. All right, you want to get into RIP's tips? Because I have no clue what you're talking
1: about. As usual. Yeah, you know, RIP's tips here. We'll move through uh, sponsors, possibly you, sponsored by me and Rocco. Um, I won't sponsor you. Yeah, you do. Never will. Not today. Not tomorrow. Okay. Well, rips tips. Um, no one's going to always feel, most people aren't going to feel sorry for you. Um, you're going to have a lot of people, and it doesn't mean you're not going to have a support system. A lot of people are going to support you, the ones that care about you, uh, your family, your friends. But out there, no one's going to look at you and go, oh, whoa was that person? And the reason why I'm pulling this example uh, look what's going on right now with, with the Baltimore Orioles and, and the Tampa Bay Rays, two teams fighting for the number one spot in the American League East and in the American League in general. Uh, Tampa Bay lost Shane McClanahan, their ace, A.L. Cy Young candidate, and then Wander Franco with the investigation, who is one of their best players. And Tampa Bay, when they're looking at it, you go, that's, that's a really unfortunate situation for their ball club. But guess what? No one's going to feel, oh, whoa, is me for Tampa. And Tampa's not going to feel sorry for themselves either. They got to go out and win. They're two back for the O's as we're recording this right now. They're not giving in. That locker room is saying, we're going to try to take this into our own hands. We can't control anything else. Orioles, same thing. We, the Orioles lose Batista. It sucks. But guess what? No one else in the American League or Major League Baseball, for that matter, is, is feeling bad for the Orioles. They go, we've had our losses. We lost players. How do you get through it? it stinks of who it is but it's but the thing but the biggest thing for the team is what you have two choices you let that bother you or you say you know what it's going to make us stronger and we are going to continue to grind just like we have the entire season and whatever you're going through in life it's the same thing it's okay to have those moments by the way like be vulnerable and be frustrated and and sometimes be like why are these things happening right i i've done it i'm not going to sit here and say, I do it still on a, you know, I probably did it a couple of weeks ago. I have those thoughts, but you know what? I remind myself and go, yeah, I might be feeling this way, but what am I going to do about it? And usually for me, especially in my media career right now, I go, you know what? What, what can I control? I'm going to go and keep working harder. I'm going to keep going to work on my craft, work on my editing skills late at night, work on how do I deliver with, with us rock on this podcast and for, and for yeah. Sports Unlimited. That's what I can do. And that's what I choose to do. So for everyone out there, don't let, take control of what's going on. Don't let other people bring you down because you can pick yourself back up and see great things come from it. Absolutely, Absolutely.
0: man. Well said. I mean, I, I have nothing to say to that. That's yeah.
1: Then that's your rips tips for this episode. Is, We're done.
0: That is my rips tips for this episode. Well, your rips tips for this episode. <laughs> so there we have it,
1: man.
0: All right. <laughs> All right. What are we jumping into next? You know, I know do they know do they pretty sure they do do would you like to talk Maybe. about
1: yes what? um speaking of a guy that that didn't care or uh you know didn't feel sorry for himself when he was off to a struggle in april and may Talking about Gunnar henderson who it's everyone i, I really hope you went to vegas and uh or, or went to your online sports wherever you are i'm not uh not saying that you should have uh doubled down or tripled down on Gunner but if you did you are feeling really good cuz Gunner Henderson rock he's going to be the AL rookie of the year. Oh and he's got to be and it's unfortunate to see what happened to Josh Young.
0: He was putting up ridiculous numbers this Fantastic season year. and he was probably the front runner for AL rookie of the year. But regardless of if Young was injured, healthy, I still think he's winning AL Rookie of the Year. I'm with you. I do like Young a lot, and I think his, his game is phenomenal. But what Gunner does, the big moments he steps up in, what he's able to do, how young he is, what he does in the field, what he does on the base paths, what he does with his bat, it's incredible to watch a 22-year-old kid do what he's doing right now in Major League Baseball.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and that's keep in mind, twenty two years old, right? I, for for baseball fans, it would have been great to see the 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 young, um, Gunner Battle. But to your point, I think Gunner since June first, different player, a- and and that's really transformed the Orioles from chasing the Rays to taking that next step. Yes, it's been a team effort, no doubt. We talked about all all of these great pieces, but Gunner Henderson has gone from a rookie to, and we already knew he was going to be a superstar, but he did that in the span of a month. And honestly, I I don't, you know, I don't like to talk about my family too much or Calvin Edwin Ripken Jr. But it reminds me a lot of what my dad went through, where you have your struggles, it's frustrating, you're trying to figure it out. I mean, shoot, you know, my dad had like three hits on opening day at 21. And then he, uh one like one for sixty-four or something like that. You think that feels good? No. But then he ended up hitting 28 jacks, driving in 93 runs and one rookie of the year. Kind of sounds similar to Gunnar Henderson, doesn't it? Where Gunner's on pace to backdoor 30 jacks and is on his on pace to now, you know, he's the front runner to win AL rookie of the year at 22. And he was 21 when the season started. So it, it's it's so crazy how that works. And I think the biggest thing, Rock, you mentioned it, everyone's seen the complete player, Mm -hmm. not just what the offensive ability is, which I think can still be better. It's that his defense is great, his base running is great, and the sky truly is the limit.
0: You brought up your dad, and I've seen comparisons on Twitter, this, that, and the other thing between him and Gunnar. Do you see any similarities there between the two? Players at the age, I know when he was 22, you weren't even thought about yet at that point in time being 30 years old, but um, yeah, you're old, I'm old, whatever. But when he was a rookie, looking at Gunner, him being a rookie right now, and I'm sure you've watched plenty of tape over the years, plenty of highlights, this, that, Do, do you see any similarities between those two players at that point in their
1: careers? Yeah, I mean, I, they're they're two big players. And I think people were wondering if they both could play shortstop. And, <laughs> and that's first off. And the, the answer is yes, for both. Um, and just their struggles that they went through. And people might not know this. This is why I looked it up again. Rock, you want to take a guess what my dad's batting average was on May f- 1st of 1982?
0: May 1st of 1982? Yep. Is it going to be something absurdly low that I'm going to be like, wow? Yep. Is it below 150? Yes. Is it below 100? Just above.
1: A little bit above. I'm going to say 107. Close. 117. Wow. So imagine going through the first month and where he went three for five on opening day and then his batting average was 117 going into the month of May. He was able to get it going at the end of May and got it up to, I think, around 245, I think, was the was the number. And then had his ups and downs and 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 kind of settled in a little bit. But the point being, I think the adversity, just the path seems so similar, the adversity. And what I love the fact for my dad it was Earl Weaver giving him a chance because Earl said, hey, we trust you. It was Brandon Hyde in this front office uh, saying, we believe in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to rest. It's a different day and age. My dad played every day. Yeah. But Gunnar, they said, we're not sending you down because you proved you can do everything at the lower level. So that's where I see the biggest similarities. And what I love is is that the players proved their team and organization right. That yeah. you stick with me, I'm going to figure this out. And Gunnar Henderson certainly has started to figure it out. And
0: dude, we've
1: talked about it time
0: and time again. This isn't a guy that's just going to win AL Rookie of the Year. He's going to win some AL MVPs in his time in, in the league, in the show because he is that good and that talented. That's what scouts thought about him coming up. Mm -hmm. That's what GMs thought about him coming up. Well, maybe not when they drafted him, because a lot of teams let him slip. But Mike Elias, the Orioles, they did not. And they are more than happy to have Gunnar Henderson on their team and in Baltimore for what, what, what could be very long time. You know, we'll have to wait and see, but that's the hope that, that he's here here for his career. I just love the energy, the passion he plays with. Whether he makes it out, whether he hits a home run, he is fired up regardless. And fans love that passion. And, we, the, you know, the, the cycle, non-cycle last week, Gunnar Henderson, in O's fans' eyes, he hit for the cycle in that game. Oh, yeah. Because he touched first, and he could have stopped at first, but he didn't. That is the kind of motor, the skill set, and just the love for the game that this kid plays with day in and day out, and it's weird to call him a kid. I'm eight years older than him, though. It's it's wild. Like yeah. he's still like he's a young adult right now, and he's doing things that I couldn't even imagine doing in my lifetime. So good for Gunner and his career. Those, those fans, the, you got a good one. Yeah,
1: 22. The whole his whole career's ahead of him.
0: Oh, well, I mean, like, dude, he this guy can play till we we don't know how long he's gonna play. He could have a 20 year career and. In the show, like it's the sky is truly the limit for Gunnar Henderson. Hate to sound cliche, but that's what it is right now for him.
1: I'm gonna do a little American League whip around. Yeah, I'll whip tw- tw- around here. I'll, I'll, you, I'll got, take, you got I'll the, take the uh, you got the range. You got the standings up and everything. I do. Thank yeah. you very much. And for everyone who's so thinking do. the world is kind of falling in, in the Orioles' eyes, well, guess what? If you have not if maybe you haven't been following the AL West, where the Texas Rangers have completely gone cold. And not not just a little cold. That they've lost 9 of their last 10 yep. games. Houston is doing a little bit better than them. They've won 4 of the last 6, but Seattle. Everyone, the Seattle Mariners are leading the AL West as we speak, up a game on both Texas and Houston, which is crazy to think, especially how things were a month and a half, 2 months ago for Seattle. Minnesota's got a 6-game advantage over Cleveland. Uh I, that's just division just so no bueno uh, and then the Orioles are holding on to a two game lead against tampa and here's the thing and the, the the number one seed in the AL East whoever wins the AL East is going to be the number one seed let's just I'll just make my words quicker
0: and we're we're better. starting to see we're starting to see vowels next to teams names it's well one team's name and that's the Oakland Athletics and that vowel is an e mm. for eliminated from the playoffs and I when did they get when did they get eliminated? I don't know if the top was that today. Did that happen this week? Had they, uh, I mean, I knew ha- they weren't going to make the playoffs, but It probably it felt like
1: it happened the first. Probably
0: happened like the first week of the season. Yeah, it, it felt like unreal. thirty yeah. days in. That's, um, that stinks for that fan base, man. I feel so bad for the A's fans.
1: Well, and the thing is, Baltimore fans can relate. And for all those Baltimore fans out there, don't get be humble. Be yeah. humble with all the success right now, because yep. you're looking at what other teams have gone through, and you know how much that stunk, and it was bad. It was brutal. And the
0: O's, while they've been in the driver's seat of the AL East, they have, like, the Rays aren't going anywhere Mm -hmm. with losing Wander Franco, with losing McClanahan. They've won eight of their last 10. Yep. Like, they've won two straight. Yes, they played the Yankees. Yes, the Yankees have been bad this season. We all know that historically bad. 19 games out of first place, 62 and 68.
1: It's bad. Well, so for them, it's bad brad and i doing the doing the youtube show the ron ripkin show brad found out the stat 1992 is the last losing season for the yankees that was the year camden yards was being built i was negative
0: i was negative one years old
1: bananas right yeah you were crazy negative
0: one and one and like one more month than me yeah yeah because
1: i'm june you're july yeah it's crazy. crazy to think Brilliant. so <laughs> yes, we're n- we're not seeing used to seeing the yankees be this bad and they feel like it's like a It's a like today. I saw a highlight on there. I'm like, I can't believe this. The New York Yankees are playing this type of baseball. But to your point, Tampa's not going away, and they got some big series coming up, including one coming to Baltimore in mid September, which very well.
0: That's a big one. That's the four game series in Baltimore, and that series is going to be huge.
1: That's the last time they face each other.
0: Yep. In the regular season. So, four game series against the Rays. Thursday the fourteenth of September, Friday the fifteenth, Saturday the sixteenth, Sunday the seventeenth, and I expect Camden Yards to be packed for that.
1: You know who's gonna be doing Baltimore baseball tonight pregame show that week?
0: Who's that? You? Guilty. At Pickles? Mm-hmm. Well
1: it is going to be nuts.
0: If it was an off day, I'd come over there and uh join you for that. Maybe bother you like I always do.
1: Yeah, you know Maybe I'll tell you know, maybe for the circumstances, we just we just find a way. Maybe- just find a way. Yeah, we find a way to get you down there for it. But the point being is that's going to that that that's going to be the series regardless of what's going to happen in the next next 2 weeks or so. That's going to be it. And and a lot of baseball has to be played between then, but man, um I'm really proud of of how these teams have handled it. and honestly, I can't wait. I'm a big baseball guy. I love I want the Orioles to do well. I love the team, but I really respect the hell out of what the Tampa Bay Rays are, Rays are doing right now. Just looking
0: at the upcoming series, the one in Boston. So I'm going to be off that week, the third to the ninth. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even realize because how often, like I have the calendar, but I'm not thinking in my head, oh, the O's go to Boston this day. Like when it comes up, it happens. Like the Rays series I know all about, because that's like marked down on the calendar. Like, you know, when that's coming up. The Boston one was not On my calendar, like I'm just like okay. The reason I'm saying that is because, dude, I think I'm gonna take my first trip to Camden Yards. I'm going up to Boston to uh, see Ariana for the week. Oh, you're
1: taking your first trip to Fenway?
0: Yeah. Or sorry, did I just say Camden Yards? Yeah, yeah, I I got Camden Yards in my head. I know you've been there. Yeah, I've been to Camden Yards a lot. That was sorry. That was like me thinking about Camden Yards and saying and saying, you know, or thinking another thing. But I will be taking my first trip to Fenway. And I, I thought I was like, I asked Ariana. I was like, we could be doing anything this week. It's like, it's, you know, it's a week we have together. What do we want to do? And I like, you know, planted a little seed in there. I just said, ooh, the O's play on Friday night. I was like, I know it's like our only Friday night we're going to have that week because she travels for work, but it's like, threw it out there.
1: I, I and will I, say this, if for people who haven't been to Fenway, Fenway is still one of the most for me, if you're a baseball romantic, it, it's, you got to go and you're going to be in Fenway in September where the Red Sox are still fighting for a playoff spot, the Orioles are good are right here. You're going to love it. You guys are going to love it. Uh, Fenway is one of my fa- favorite uh ballparks I've gotten to visit over all the years. It's it's uh I'm pumped. I've been there for
0: my dad ref the Harvard Yale game at Fenway, mm-hmm. so I got to go to see a college football game there, right. but I've never seen a baseball game there. Yeah, and I po- I posted like I posted it in the uh text message we have, and I was like, the O's play the Sox Friday when I'm there in Boston. I was like, we don't have to go, but I thought it was cool. Just like saying, you know, like, we don't have to, but, and I wasn't even, I didn't have an ulterior motive there. I was just like, we want to go, whatever. And then she goes, we should, I've never been. And I was oh, like, let's lock it in, let's go. So we're getting tickets, going to that Friday night game between the O's and the uh, the Red Sox, Camden Yards. And I will definitely be posting video.
1: Park, not at Camden Yards. Do I, keep,
0: do I keep saying Camden Yards? Yes, you do. Oh my God, man. I'm just like, I'm thinking about Camden Yards so much. Fenway Park. Sorry. Pat. I'm not that dumb. I know the, the Sox play at Fenway. Yeah. I, I just hope I don't say that on air.
1: That's, that's why you got me.
0: I know. Yeah. That's why Thanks. I'm here. Thanks. Sorry to go on that uh, that tangent. Talk about that.
1: Well that's the thing is, it's going to be fun. I'm pumped to go
0: to Fenway Park. Fenway Park. Why do I keep, saying Cam- why did I keep saying Camden Yards for that, though? What's wrong with my brain tonight? Been a long week, man. That's sorry, that's a guys. Different question. Trust man. me, I know the O's play at Camden Yards. The Red Sox play at Fenway Park. But I'm just we'll we'll take, my we'll take right rock.
1: We'll, we'll get we'll get the uh we'll get the the books out, and we'll have rock. I'm, I'm just there's so a excited. whiteboard right here. I'm we just can so so Excited
0: it to go to another game at Camden Yards.
1: Yeah, you know, wait, like, wait to try Monday. Wait to
0: try to recover. I think there. I'm going Monday.
1: Red Sox tomorrow, Fenway tonight. Orioles. Camden. You know what? You shut your mouth.
0: All right, let's dive into the Rip and Rock mailbag. We brought that back for this week. um You got the questions ready? Want to read them off? Have my Twitter popped up? You want me to? Yeah, you go for it. Okay. I'll ask you some. And then so,
1: hey just to make sure, uh wh- how are we doing with time right now? We're doing all right. Okay. We're fine. We're fine. Okay. Not kicking out yet. All right. Well, just. Um, so we'll start with this. There's one saying about what effect does one guy who doesn't fit have on a clubhouse? Does it translate to the field? Can you spot him by on-field behavior? You know, and I couldn't tell initially. This was by Fiddleback uh, Productions. I don't know if that's necessarily talking about a specific player on the team right now. And I know a lot of people, I've, I've heard some things about Jack Flaherty, which again, don't think that's fair. But as far as do you, what, what effect does one guy have on a clubhouse? Well, when you have a strong culture, the 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 veteran leadership will will be able to weed that out, even if people see it. Like that's a thing, and the Orioles have strong leadership with that. Kyle Gibson, James McCann, Adam Frazier, Aaron Hicks, when he's healthy too, or when he's around, those guys aren't going to put up with it, right? So I will say that it's the inexperienced leadership in a clubhouse, and even the younger guys. This Orioles team is very accountable. So to to uh, people from the outside that that that's my answer. Um, if there is something wrong and the team is not playing well, like probably in years past when the Orioles weren't as good. Yeah, there, there would be some issues and you could visibly tell, but, but for right now with this Orioles group, uh, this is probably one of the best atmospheres I've seen from them. And, and, uh, from a team standpoint and a leadership standpoint. Okay. Is that cool? Do you want to add anything? Or no, that-
0: I, I completely agree with that. I don't think, and I, I do believe that they're talking about Flaherty yeah. without talking about Flaherty there because I, I clicked on the profile and checked and it looked like they said something about Flaherty as well, Fiddleback Productions, but I don't think Flaherty's checked out. I think he's happy to be on a winning team. For sure. And, and you never know, like if you think he's checked out, you really never know what guys have going on in their personal lives or or, you know players I'm not saying he does but you truly never know Mm -hmm. so could he have something going on he could but I have no clue the Jack Flaherty I think we just saw Jack Flaherty who is actually sore who's coming off a rough outing who needed maybe a little bit extra rest today in the clubhouse did he seem a little off yeah a little bit looking at the you know when we When we pulled the sound from after the game, but maybe that's how Jack Flaherty just carries himself. maybe that's how he's carried himself he He is still the new guy, the new kid on the block here, maybe trying to find his way and fit in so um maybe that's something to keep an eye on going forward, but i I don't think it's there's no red flags out there from Jack Flaherty right now that I'm really picking up on
1: and i, I I'm with you on that I, yeah. I agree all right. let's jump into the next one all right, so um. Jake asks, how commonly do teams invent phantom injuries just to give players a break while clearing a roster spot? It certainly seemed like the O's invented some phantom injuries for both in C&L, but they've come back looking so much better that maybe they didn't. Um, in those cases, neither of those guys uh, actually were, were phantom. They were, they were dealing with something. I can tell you guys that personally. Um, I wouldn't say the teams necessarily uh, – there, there was a thing in the minor leagues where you can go on the phantom IL. Where there's guys where some cases in the, in the minors, it was mainly because it's that they didn't want to get rid of you, but they didn't have a spot for you at the time, right? And Or they're trying to hold on until another move is created. At the big league level, it's kind of hard to get away with that because usually you need those guys. Um, one that was unique, though, was Tyler Wells being sent down the double A and not be given a rehab assignment or put on the IL, that one was different because that usually doesn't happen. You usually send the guy to AAA. However, it, the Nationals used to do it when their AAA team was in Fresno. They would send guys who were going to be to their big league team to Harrisburg to keep them closer. Uh, so that's the answer to that question. For those two guys, though, Perez and both, nah. That one's not a phantom injury. But the phantom IL is definitely a thing in the minor leagues for sure. I would have no clue because I didn't play at the
0: level of baseball you played at, but you know, I'm just going to go with what you're saying there. I don't, I don't believe they're creating the phantom injuries. Does it happen in baseball? Probably does. Has it happened with the Orioles before? Probably has. But like you said, in those two cases, I, I don't think it has either.
1: Yep. I, yeah, we said what we said. Um, uh, Steve asked, What if anything do what if anything do the players make of John Angelos' comments? Sounds like a statement, translate to enjoy this while it lasts, but I'm not going to play these guy, pay these guys in due time. And the comments he's talking about, Angelos had said the hardest thing
0: to do in sports is be a small market team in baseball and be competitive because everything is stacked against you, everything. I told that to the Times. I continued, said I don't think you should run losses. I think you should live with your means or within your means and within your market. Here's my thing with that. I don't think Baltimore is a small market and I don't think the Orioles are a small market team. Right. And if I'm a player, no offense to John Angelos, but I don't care about those comments because I'm trying to win a World Series regardless. And when the time comes to get paid, then I'm worrying about that. But right now, if you're looking at like, you know, we look at in TV, we really look at markets. It's like, you want to get to this market. You want to get to that market because it's higher up on the rankings. Mm-hmm. Baltimore is either 26 or 28 out of like 200 markets in the country mm-hmm. because of population and size. This, if anything, is a, I'd call this a middle market. Right. It's a mid sized market. And as far as sports goes as well, because you think Baltimore has two sports teams. They have the Ravens, they have the O's professionally. Mm-hmm. These are the, you know these are the teams that are here and I'm sure they you know they generate a ton of revenue. So here this is a middle sports market. It is not a small market team. Like if you want to treat it like a small market team, I don't know if John Angelos does or not, but if you're going to treat it like a small market team then it's going to be a small market team. But if you're going to treat it like the market size that it is, a middle market because there are plenty of markets out there that just have baseball or just have hockey or just have football or just have one sport that's not the case here. Fans are blessed to have two sports, good football team, good baseball team here. And I feel like that is how we should start treating the Baltimore market when it comes to sports. It's a middle market to me. But player-wise, I don't think they should feel any type of way about it until it comes time for them to get paid, the, Gunner, the Gunners and the Adleys. Like when, when time comes, then you worry about something like that.
1: Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll just say this. Like, I, don't, I don't like to get into the whole... the the whole discussion on all that because you know again everyone has their own opinions but i will say this because it was this question's focused on the players it's player centric Mm -hmm. question honestly the the really good players focus on the process they focus on what they can control and for them you made a great point this team was trying to win a world series Mm -hmm. and even though it's a young team, and we've talked about this in the past, the Orioles have been to the world or the Orioles have been to the playoffs five times in the last forty years. Winning's extremely hard, guys. Their childhood dream is to make the World Series. That, like, you play in the backyard, Game Seven, bases loaded, like you're trying to hit home run or make the final out, whatever it may be. Like that was mine. Was hitting that was you know hitting a grand slam in Game Seven. Like that was the dream, right? So the, a lot of these players, your focus because you don't know if you're going to get to it. And there's so many things you can't control, and you're going to find out in the baseball world or even in life, so many things are out of your control, but you can control what you can do, and that is how you conduct yourself, how you carry yourself. Uh, and I will say this as far as why I want this focus so much on the players and the team is because when I say that winning's hard, and this is the other part of it, if, when I've asked my dad in the past, if I told, if I told him after his second year in the league, you would never go back to the World Series. You would never have another chance like that. He'd probably say you're crazy. And if I said, yeah, you're going to play 20 years and you're never going to get one more chance. So 18 seasons, he played two already. 18 more years, never would go back to the playoffs. He'd say you're crazy. But then he looked back and you go, man, um, I really relished that 83 moment. I thought there was going to be more, but just like there is in life, there's no guarantees.
0: No, absolutely. And that's really all we'll say about that right now. And I I think you hit the nail on the head with that, but it is what it is for the players. They're going to focus on baseball. They're not going to focus on what else is said. Do they see it? Probably. But I I really don't think they're going to feel some type of way about it um, right now. If I'm a player in the clubhouse with the chemistry and everything that's going on right now, you, you don't want anything to distract you from that ultimate goal and that's winning a World Series.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm with you. Do we answer one more?
0: Or we, we Yeah, let's do... answer one more. We're good on time. No, the, no, mm-hmm. uh, the, we are recording this right now. It's 1030. Usually I'd go on and I'd be running out the door. Hey, are you good right now? Since, yeah, I'm good. The Texans and Saints are playing on Fox 45 right now. So we don't go on until that game ends. So I have plenty of time.
1: All righty. Well, then we'll, we'll answer one more question. Yep, one more for... question. Then we'll do a quick... Preview of the White Sox series, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah, then we're out of here. So, last question. With Cindergard on the market now, he just got DFA'd by the Guardians. Is there anyone out there at risk of being DFA'd that could wind up being part of the Orioles' postseason push? I know these late pickups were hallmarks of the 12 and 14 runs. Well, Cindergard's an interesting name just because of the name recognition. You know, it's 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 hard to say is there anyone out there? Because I think we're going to have to find out more as it goes. Just like no one thought that the Orioles were going to go after Jacob Webb on the angels. <laughs> I right? don't know if anybody really knew who Jacob who he Webb was before they went after him. Right. So my point is, I don't think there's really any, any, any specific part of this. I know just on previous experiences going back, like, yes, there's going to be teams. I know when I was with the Norfolk tides and in, triple in A in 2021, former teammate, Evan Phillips got released, picked up by the, Rays late in the season picked up, put on the forty man DFA'd, and then the Dodgers picked him up, and now Evan has become one of the uh, parts of that uh, Dodgers bullpen. So to your point, like you never, you never know. Like people probably didn't think Evan Phillips was going to be the guy, and Evan right now is out there spawning a two three four ERA pitching for the Dodgers um, as they make another push to try to win a World Series. So yeah, the 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 thing is, yes. Cindergarber will be interesting. I think some team obviously is going to want a starter. It's just going to depend on. He was on the Phillies roster. They went to the World Series last year. Yeah, it just his
0: his best years are behind him, but he'll be wanted by somebody.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if that's going to be the Orioles, but. Hey, if they if they view it, then then they'll do it. I was a little bit if they surprised. They view it, then they'll do it. I like that. Yeah, a little, if, little rhyme, yeah, little you poet. know. I'm all about it. Poet and you just don't it know is it. kind of shocking though that you make you acquire the guy and then you all of a sudden get rid of him after four or five starts. I think there was. I'm not. I'll play the hypothetical game here, but I just would feel was there something else going on there? Because if you make an investment like that, mm-hmm. usually maybe you let it out for the rest of the season, not just give up on it after four or five starts.
0: All right. Well, with that being said, thank you guys for your responses, your questions. We really appreciate them. Um, We might not do the mailbag every week, but when we do, we really appreciate you guys tuning in and interacting with us on Twitter and other social media platforms. It kind of makes this podcast what it is. And thank you all for Sending in your questions this week. All right, the O's have a big three-game series coming up. Every series is big. i just like to call the next one big as well. Huge. With the White Sox, they are coming in Monday. That will be tonight if we are talking about you listening to this podcast today. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Then they head out west again for a six-game road trip. Three games with the Diamondbacks. Three games with the Angels. White Sox series. It's the one in front, though. You got Grayson Rodriguez getting the start. He's the probable pitcher in Game 1 against Kopech. You got Kramer against Schultons. Then you got Gibson against Seats. Three games against the White Sox. What are your thoughts? I think they could take two or three, win another series.
1: Um, I mean, potential sweep. They're expected to win the series, right? Yeah. The teams, they, so the, What the Orioles have done so well so far this season is take care of the teams they're supposed to take care of. And if, even though people don't like that they didn't take three from the Rockies, you still want another series. You know, you stack up winning series, and the motto, Rock, you know it.
0: Avoid sweeps, win series.
1: Win the series. And if you can't win it, avoid being swept. Actually, there you go. I think oh, I got it right. I think Zach Bollinger actually tweeted that out to me. I meant to tag you to say, Rocco, what's the motto? But I didn't want to annoy you too much today. But that's the point, right? you you do that anyway, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um, But the White Sox, yeah, it's a a series you expect uh, the Orioles to to take advantage of. But again, it's a professional baseball team that still has guys out there that are going out there and and trying to do their best, Uh, including one of my good friends, one of my best friends, uh, Gavin Sheets on the White Sox, Baltimore native, uh, graduate from Gilman, where we both went. He's on the White Sox. He's coming into town. He loves hitting against the Orioles, by the way. He's hitting like 400 for his career against Baltimore. So if you're an O's fan, you just hope he's not in the lineup because I guarantee you he's going to do well. He always does when he comes here. And he's got support in the stands, too. I
0: think yep. I want to say I went to the White Sox Orioles game last year when they played at Camden Yards. Mm hmm. Not Fenway Park. <laughs> Not Fenway Park. <laughs> no, I'm just, I only mix up when the uh, when I'm talking about the Red Sox. But last year's game at Camden Yards, it was a three or four game series. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yep. I think it was three here. Mm-hmm. And I think I was sitting down the, I forget if I covered it as a as a reporter or just like went as a fan and kind of like took in the action. But I remember sitting in the stands and seeing the Gilman G hat, like, and seeing like, the support he had. I think it was down the right field line, like the first baseline, like down to right field and they were cheering him on. And it, that, that's cool to see Go because ahead. a lot of those people might be Orioles fans, but they're also fans of Gavin Sheets. So it, it is cool to see a hometown kid come back, do his thing, play at the ballpark that he probably drove by a ton growing up yeah. and to be in the show now. That's, it's really cool.
1: Yeah. And also his dad, Larry Sheets, also our coach in high school, Larry played with my dad. They were, they were drafted the same That's year. awesome. And uh, so know, known them for so long um, and for people wondering, yes, I'm going to root for my guy. Uh, you know, it's, if Gavin hits a home run against the team, I'm going to root for my guy. Yeah. But I'm also, hey, I want whatever. the team to win. I want the yeah, Orioles to win. Of course. But, of course. you know, and also for this case, I wasn't lying about how Gavin hits against the Orioles. Current Orioles pitchers right now that are on the staff so, if the, if the White Sox are smart, they'll put Gavin in the lineup. Yeah, so anyway, it'll be a fun series at the yard. If you're in town, you should make it to the game because we've talked about it. Every game matters. Should be fun. But, hey, that that does it for us. We've been here long enough. Uh, Rock, uh, where – what's the rundown again?
0: All right, you can find us both on Instagram, Rocco DeSangro, or at R DeSangro, at there Ryan Ripken, at on Twitter, at Rocco DeSangro, at Ryan Ripkin. Download – Subscribe, review, boom. Apple, Spotify,
1: iHeartRadio. Yep, we're yep. learning. We're learning that there's so many different places to get the pod wherever you want. Whammy, it's out there, Whammy. and, and uh, that's really it. You know, just yep. let us know. Keep giving those reviews, though. Let us know how we're doing. We want to make this better for you. Appreciate you hanging out with us, and uh, rock. I guess we'll, see, uh, well I'll see you later. I'll see you guys next week. Yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week on a brand-new episode of Rip and Rock. One, two, three, four.
0: Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.